Welcome to another episode of the Drama New South Wales podcast. On today's episode, I interview Michael Anderson, who works at the University of Sydney and who is well known for his work with Miranda Jefferson on the four C's. This framework, which aims to transform the ways in which we teach in schools, has been quite successful in over 50 schools. It has taken a few years to get off the ground, but the results of it are quite interesting. And it is all based on drama pedagogy. So if you've ever wondered what the four C's are or how drama pedagogy could be utilized throughout the rest of school subjects, this is the podcast to listen to. I know I heard about the four C's many years ago and was quite inspired, but doing this interview reignited my inspiration around this. How wonderful that we can be using what we know happens in our drama classrooms across many more subjects. Michael is very interesting in this podcast as he speaks about the things that this does for students and the way in which it enables teachers to be getting the most out of our students. Just a side note, I apologise for the sound on this episode. I was quite unwell at the time of recording and the sound levels are a little off and I do have a sniffly nose. So I hope that isn't too off-putting as you listen to this podcast episode. I know I found this conversation incredibly helpful at a time when I was fatigued and exhausted with drama teaching in 2020. So I hope it is also incredibly refreshing for the rest of you. Enjoy. Michael Anderson is Professor of Education in Creativity and the Arts at the University of Sydney. His research and teaching focuses on how leaders and organisations can transform through deep and direct engagement with creativity, critical reflection, collaboration and communication. Michael was a secondary drama and English teacher and a creative arts consultant with the Department of Education before moving to the University of Sydney. He is author of Masterclass in Drama Education and co-authored Transforming Schools, Transforming Organisations and the forthcoming Transforming Education with Dr. Miranda Jefferson, which will be launched early next year. Thank you for being a guest on our show today. It's my pleasure, Sonia. I always love the opportunity to kind of go back home and talk to drama teachers. So um, really looking forward to the chat. Yeah, good. Uh, okay, so you are very well known for um, these books that I just read out, all the transforming schools kinds of books, and that is often linked to what people refer to as the four C's. Um, can you explain what the four C's are and how you and Miranda kind of um, worked on this and saw it as a model for transforming schools? Yeah, so the four C's are the things that make us human, basically. They're creativity collaboration, communication, critical reflection. So they're the things that make us live and breathe. They're the, the way we interact with each other, the way we learn, the way we do everything in life, really. So uh, they're our innate human characteristics, our innate human qualities. And I suppose what I've always been struck by is how badly school does at helping our young people understand that those innate qualities are actually the qualities they need to navigate in the world. It's actually not understanding necessarily what a volcano is, although that's important as well. The content is always important. It's actually how you can kind of relate to other people, how you can communicate with other people, how you can create your way out of a problem. 
And I think drama teachers have all, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about this later, but drama teachers have always inherently known this. Um, uh, it brings to me to why Miranda and I decided to work in this way. And as you know, Miranda Jefferson was head teacher at Newtown Performing Arts High. She had a uh, long career in drama as well. She was um, chief examiner for a while, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think what she noticed and what I noticed is I'd go to conferences, I'd go to Drama New South Wales conferences or um, Drama Australia conferences, um, and you'd, you'd hear a lot of drama teachers saying, why are we talking about the flipped classroom? We've been doing the flipped classroom forever. Or why are we talking about student-centred learning? We've always done student-centred learning. And they were right, but no one was listening. Mm. No, no one cared that drama education had been doing that. And I suppose uh, I, what actually happened is Miranda uh, did a PhD with us at University of Sydney, uh, and she said, oh, I'm doing some work out at a school, which was in Western Sydney. Uh, and I thought, wow, that sounds fantastic. I want to go and have a look at this. And she was using what I would think of as drama education across the curriculum, like everywhere. Mm. The, the classroom I saw had year nine, and you know what year nine can be like, year nine in one massive room with teachers doing really interesting embodied work. And I, I started talking to her about the four C's and how they worked in this way. And I said, we've got to write a book about this. We've, we have got to get this down so we can start talking to other people about it. So we can actually start talking across the curriculum divide. And I suppose like all um, academics, uh, my first thought was to write about it and then kind of try and set up a network of schools, and we can talk about that a bit later as well, uh, that that looked at how this worked for transformation. But the four Cs, I suppose, underpin and overarch everything we do as human beings. Mm. So it makes sense to us to actually go deep with those things and help teachers understand how they might be taught explicitly and how they can become part of pedagogy but also part of everything a school does. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the origin story. Yeah. Have you found, just as a side question, have you found that a lot of schools have taken this on? So we started an organisation which sits apart from the University of Sydney. It's a separate organisation called 4C Transformative Learning. Um, and the, the organisation was really focused on, uh, we actually had a couple of schools come to us and say, oh, it's all very well for you to write a book, but actually how does this work? You know, how, how do we do it across the curriculum? Mm. So we started slow with one primary school and then we grew gradually and now we've got 50 schools uh, throughout New South Wales, Queensland, WA uh, and a few other places. Uh, that are in partnership with us, so long-term partnership working in this way. And what we find is we find that principals and bosses and headmasters, headmistresses, whatever they're called, and leadership groups who have a hunger for challenge and change and know that schools actually aren't doing the job that they could do. You know, we're so overwhelmed mm. with NAPLAN and HSC. Mm. Sometimes we don't think about learning. All right. I've got a, a story about that, actually. I was talking to a principal um, over in WA. I'd done a presentation on this stuff. And um, he said, oh, look, that was great. Thanks very much. You know, 
And I said, oh, thanks. That's lovely. And he said, uh, you know, but all of this stuff about the four C's creating deep learning, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's no point talking about it because what we've got to do is get up the rankings. We need to be ranked higher than the school down the road. And I thought, look, if, if in a school we're not interested in deep learning, the, the whole, we've got to pack up everything. We've got to pack away the card table and move on, yeah. put it in the back of the car and go. Because actually, that's what we're here for. That's the, that's, that's the kind of moral charge that got me into education. And I imagine got most teachers in education. Yeah. But actually, they can make a difference to what happens in kids' lives. And most drama teachers are like that. Hardly any drama teachers, and I've taught, as you know, I've taught a bunch of drama teachers over the years. Uh, it is very rare that any of them say, well, I'm just in it for the money. Um, you know, they actually do <laughs> do want a difference. They, yeah. they do want to make a difference in kids' lives. And when we've got a system that's so broken that a principal doesn't think that's the case, then we're in trouble. Mm. But on the flip side, what we do find is there are so... And I spoke to a principal today, actually, uh, who we'll probably partner with, and what she said was, we just want to do the best thing we can to prepare our kids for the world they live in now and the world they will enter into in 10, 15 years' time. So for us, that's the compelling thing, and that's why schools are responding like that. But it's not for everyone. It's hard work. Um, yeah. Really hard work. You know, if you think about the kind of rigours of a drama classroom across a whole school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some drama teachers are sitting back there and saying, oh, if only, that'd be fantastic. But it's hard work. So, Especially for a lot of teachers who aren't trained in drama that a lot of these uh, kind of processes or approaches would be uh, incredibly different to what they're used to. Yeah, I think that's right. But I think there sometimes we have more trouble with the arts teachers than we do with the rest of the school because yeah, wow. sometimes the arts faculty say, well, we own creativity. Of course, it's <laughs> not true. They don't own creativity. Yeah. Everybody owns creativity. It belongs to all of us. So I, I think one of the things, one of the fantastic things that drama teachers do in many places is they actually enable their peers. They help their peers to understand what embodied what an embodied approach to uh, mm. learning might look like. Um, they help their peers to, to work in these processes rather than going, oh, this is all ours, we'll keep this. Um, so, so really it's about how we break out of our silos. And to tell you the truth, some teachers who haven't worked in this way absolutely love it. Yeah. Because actually what they're doing is they're going back to their first love, right? They, they came into teaching to feel the joy of it, to feel the ability. And we had people actually in our schools not retiring. They were going to retire. Like they decided they'd had enough. They were going to retire. Yeah. Uh, they, they have stayed on because they've said to us, that this is like it was when I first started teaching. It's wonderful. I mean, I not everyone's, yeah, not everyone's doing that, of course. But, but that that's the experience of working in this one. As drama teachers, we get this because we do it every day. I mean, we get the you know getting the GPs in and the IPs in, and we get all of that stress and you know doing the musical and blah blah blah. But we also get that joy of connection. You know that mm. that fantastic thing that teachers yearn for. Um, and teachers go into the profession for. And so really that's the offer. How do we how do we have that as part of what everyone gets to do? So 
the four C's, so creativity, cr critical reflection, collaboration, and communication, these are all based in drama pedagogy, as you just kind of mentioned, and are utilised every day within a drama classroom, whether we're doing that consciously or unconsciously. But how do you work on these in other subject areas? So the first thing is you've got to demystify them. Uh, something like creativity has been in syllabus documents for, I don't know, 25, 30 years, been yeah. there forever. Um, but if you ask teachers, you get two responses about creativity in schools. You say to teachers, we're going to talk about creativity, and you get a bunch of teachers saying, oh, we're not creative. So myth one, we're all creative. Everybody's creative. And, of course, drama teachers know that because you don't walk into a, into a drama classroom and go, oh, you guys are creative. I'm not going to bother. You, <laughs> you go, everyone in front of us has the democratic right as, a, as someone in this school to have the best opportunity to be creative. Um, so uh, they are certainly inherent, but the first thing you need to do is to gap to to close the gap between policy and pedagogy. So we call that the, obviously the policy pedagogy gap in all the documents, in all the NESA documents, in all the ACARA documents. But actually, what happens when you've got a you know a year eight commedia class on a Tuesday afternoon? What what actually what structures can you put in place? Uh, so for these four C's, we have got coherence makers, which are, are ways of understanding across the curriculum what creativity is, what collaboration is, what communication is, and what critical reflection is. So it's it's a, the ability to um, speak to the science teacher next door using a common framework and a common language, mm -hmm. and we and we use these coherence makers because. The, the issue with these concepts like creativity is they're what we call aerosol words. They're sprayed around, they smell magnificent, but when you try and catch them, they're gone. So if you can't understand them because they're too vague or too aerosol-y, you're not going to be able to teach them. Mm. And if you're not going to teach them, our kids can't learn them. If, and if our kids can't learn them, they are disinherited from the very... Uh, capabilities that are going to make them employable, that are going to make them successful, etc, etc. So that's why the four C's matter. They matter because they are actually the capabilities that build futures for our young people. And we know that as drama teachers because we've been doing that forever. But actually, when you look at what's going on in schools, that's not the common experience that these things are understood deeply, taught deeply, and students are supported in that experience. They should be an absolute expectation that that, that happens. But at the moment, we don't think they are. And that, of course, I must say, I often go on these kind of rants, and I'll stop in a second, but, <laughs> but, but there are people doing good stuff everywhere. Like this isn't this isn't a critique of teaching and teachers. This this is a, a discussion about how we can help all teachers kind of embed the four C's and do it in a way where everything links up for students. Mm. So there's in our group and amongst our group who are all teachers, by the way, none of none of us are under the impression that teachers have done a bad job. Quite the contrary. But actually, the system's let us down a bit. We haven't had that support that we've needed. So how do we bring that all together, make it coherent, help all the bits link up? And that's really, um, really the way the, the four C's kind of cohere everything.
Mm. Do you find that you come up against one of the big things within schools at the moment is STEM um, and has been for a while? Do you find that schools are reluctant looking at the four C's? They think, oh, well, that doesn't fit into STEM. And how do you deal with that? So quite the contrary, actually. STEM, um, I call STEM a good start because um, it, it's interdisciplinary in the way it's thinking about the world. It's, mm. But it's, the problem is we started and we, we said, how does science, technology, engineering and mathematics work together? And then we said, oh, we'll add the arts and we'll call it STEAM. And some people do STEAM and some people do STEM. But actually, that should be across the curriculum. Why isn't music, music and geography working together? Why aren't um, design and technology working with drama? Like it, it, we've got all these silos that we've set up for ourselves in the, in the culture of schools. I don't think anyone has said we're doing STEM, we can't do creativity because creativity is absolutely central yeah. to creativity in science. Like it, it, it is anathema to me and probably anyone who understands STEM that you wouldn't be engage deeply in creativity, collaboration, critical reflection or communication. They are the necessary kind of foundations for STEM and drama and geography and music, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think we've had that feedback because most people get that actually these are the things that underpin it. That, that would be my take on STEM. Yeah, I guess it's like it, it, it's, it's trying to – it's. You know, in schools, we often have these very particular uh, black and white ideas of what each subject covers and how it's covered. And and essentially, the four C's are saying, these are the, the four things we need to, like, concentrate on. And that happens across all subjects. So let's blur those lines and actually be working essentially collaboratively uh, throughout the whole school in order to ensure that this kind of learning is happening. Something which I think certain schools or structures might, you know, butt up against, but once they understand, as you say, what is actually going on, such a, a breakthrough moment to be able to have everybody focused on that. Yeah, and I think... That's right. And I think um, I think a lot, we do go to a lot of schools and they say, oh, look, we're going to have a go at problem-based learning. And if that doesn't work, we'll come over to the four Cs. I feel like saying, oh, my goodness, have you not understood? Like, <laughs> you can't do problem-based learning unless you have the four Cs. Problem-based learning is based on a foundation of understanding the four Cs. Mm. It's, a, it's about communication, collaboration, creativity, critical reflection. If you can't get that... You're, you can't just kind of throw kids a problem and just hope they'll collaborate um, without giving them any structures. We wouldn't do that in maths. We wouldn't do that in drama. We wouldn't do that in music. And yet we expect kids just to be creative by just putting them in a room and saying, kind of, get, in, get, get involved. So yeah. it's, a, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's odd to me, actually, that these core core kind of, um, capabilities and we call them enabling capabilities aren't absolutely uh, taught explicitly and I think you're right about the blurred lines but they do something else actually they blur lines and and but they provide definition as well so so if you if you have this 4c basis to work from and you're working across in a PBL way problem-based learning across areas you understand deeply the content that you're doing but then you you know how mathematics relates to geography and music and science and actually if you know about um 
if you if you know about the the way and I'm sure you do the way about the way learning works being able to translate and innovate um, mm-hmm. in terms of Bloom's taxonomy the highest levels of the new Bloom's taxonomy creativity um, is actually where knowledge is at that's where deep learning occurs so so being able to have a basis of the four C's is critical in that sense yeah great okay so we're on a drama new south wales podcast and we're mainly talking to drama teachers uh how can drama teachers consciously work in the four c's model in their classroom let's say the rest of the school isn't doing it uh they know that they intrinsically do it but how could they consciously work with it in their own classroom well this is a bit of i would say this wouldn't i buy the book go get the book out of the library get the (laughs) library to get the book find a way to get it for nothing um you know uh get your library to buy it and and look at those coherence makers because they actually do i mean think about the gp the the basic processes of the gp are in the creativity cascade so uh, the creativity cascade has four stages it's noticing this is our coherence maker for creativity noticing asking why really why playing with possibility selecting and evaluating and so if you apply that to the GP, you, you can see a GP process, process evolving. So the, the noticing phase is noticing what's going on around you in the world, noticing the aesthetics of drama, noticing actor-audience relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So, so that's part of how you start to devise, right? Um, uh, the, the asking why really why, asking why really why about things that are going on in the world, So, go, but not just why, going deeper, finding the connections. Yeah. Asking why really why about the aesthetics of drama, so why does absurdism work in the way it does, why does do certain performances work really why, you know, what could we bring to our own performance and then playing with possibility, which is that, which is really improvisation, playing around with different ideas and working with them, uh, and then selecting and evaluating is that final phase where they they choose the pieces of the work of that playing with possibility they're going to work for, for in a drama performance in a drama GP. Um, so I would say that those structures are, and we know this because of the fifty schools that we work with, that those structures actually work in drama or music or wherever because they are they are fairly universal these structures um so i would argue that they could start with the coherence makers the other thing i'd say is agency is really critical and this is a word we hear thrown about a lot and what i mean by agency is the ability to make decisions about your learning but also to enable other people making decisions about their learning so to get making your classroom what we would call um, agentic or full of agency, drama teachers are pretty good at that. But also, um, drama teachers can love a bit of a direction and to direct things as well. And we're not saying there's not a place for that. Of course, there is. But giving giving students the ability to make choices uh, and encouraging that. In some schools that we work in, not all schools, but there are really compliant learners who don't speak up, they don't engage, and they don't enable other people to engage. That's as much mm-hmm. of a problem as kids taking all the limelight themselves and doing, but trying to make all the decisions themselves. So that would be another thing that I would I would say, who has the power in your classroom and why is it like that? 
and we're not saying just let's you know just let it, anything goes not not at all but we are saying how do you how do you create agency in your classroom for your students and for yourself quite frankly mm. in your school which is really important as well yeah that kind of leads on to the next question um so say there's somebody working in drama consciously about the four c's how would they then start to kind of bring this model or these four c's to other areas of their school i mean there's a couple of ways to do it the best rolled gold way the way that we know works is that um they come and work with us basically that they they work in partnership with us that the yeah. principal rings us as 50 other schools have done and said come in have a chat to us let's talk about what you could do in this school and it's, it's different in every school no two schools are the same and that's of course what we do i mean I, uh, we did that today we sat down with a principal and an executive team and said here's what we do here's what it looks like here's how it works so that's that's the best way that's the way we know works. You can actually go it alone and try it. Um, and sometimes that's your only choice. And, you know, working with like-minded people and generating kind of support and working maybe at a stage level. So you might know that stage four, there's really good collaboration across uh, people working in different areas. Mm. You can start a project there in stage four where you're using what we call the learning disposition wheel, which is all of the dispositions our young people need to learn. Um, there's nine of them. They're, they're broken down into cognitive, interpersonal and intrapersonal. You could use that as a basis for your programming across, you know, stage four. Yeah. Um, and of course, we would encourage that. There's enough information in the books to help you along the way. But what happens, of course, when you're working with 4C Transformative Learning is that there's 50 other schools on the journey with you that can support you, that can, um, you know, so there's 50 other, well, there's not 50 other drama teachers, but there's, you know, if there's 20 high schools in the network, there's 20 other drama teachers out there who are working in this way. So what we find is there's kind of informal networks that, that are created. But, yeah, you can work in that way as well. I, again, it's hard going it alone, as drama teachers know often. You, yeah. you know, kind of one out, one off, you push pushing proverbial uphill sometimes. So so I think we we find in unity there is strength and when whole schools go for this, this is when it starts really working. I should say as well, we have many, many drama educators who are principals who are involved in this work because they get it. <laughs> they, they, they know what this is about. So, yeah, that, that, I, I think that's a really stunning and interesting part of this. So the, uh, the answer to all our education problems is drama teachers need to train up and become principals. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They need to get off, you know, directing cats and kind of get into executive positions. I, um, and we we used to wonder whether that would ever happen. And it has because, you know, that and that's a good thing. But I also think that we need to be influential and persuasive. Like, yeah. And we need to talk talk about this stuff in our in our staff rooms and to our principals and and and, and it, it will be the right place, right time. And most drama teachers know their principals because they've either had arguments with them or they've had their support or both um, about the hall or whatever. 
So you'll know, like, if that's a conversation worth having. But we're we're happy to come in and chat any time with any school about what that might look like. Okay, so um, drama teachers also love a good anecdote. Do you have any encouraging anecdotes of what you've seen this model actually achieve for students themselves? Yeah, I'll tell you a story about one student, although they're, you know, probably 500 students we could talk about. But let's let's talk about one student. So I'm not going to talk about the school uh, or, and I'm not going to use a na real name. Let's call her Lisa. Uh, so Lisa was uh, in a comprehensive uh, government school uh, in New South Wales on the North Shore. And that school started with the four C's uh, when she was in year 10, I think, about three years ago. She came into year 11 and she was so taken with this approach, she wanted to become part of the learning. So she really wanted to be engaged in how the learning would work. And she started working with the teachers to help design the learning. Um, kind of they embedded the learning disposition well in the school. Um, and like it became kind of part of everything they did. And that school grew still got a long way to go, but that school grew and started to transform through that work. She's now gone to uh, UTS to do the, the Bachelor of Creative Innovation course. And she came to a staff development day last week or the week before, and she got up and she talked about how the work in the four C's and the work with learning dispositions had absolutely set her up in the Bachelor of Creative um, Innovation. I think I called it intelligent, Bachelor of Creative Innovation. Yeah. Because, and this is a course where they bring people in from everywhere and they have to solve huge problems. And of course, because she had worked on collaboration, communication, critical reflection, um, creativity, she knew exactly what to do. And where other students were kind of flopping around, she she actually was in the middle of it. Now I don't think she was a drama kid, and we know we know a lot of stories about how drama kids excel all yeah. over the place. But actually, she had she not only had these skills; she knew they were codified, they were coherent. She knew how to apply them, and she knew what to do with them. Uh, and she she's one of the teachers said, "So, what do you want to do, Lisa, when you?" Uh, finish your course and she said she wanted to be a social disruptor. She wanted to go into situations and bring foresee kind of pedagogy and thinking to change how the world works. And I mean, for me, I mean, my heart used to kind of uh, kind of beat very strongly when my drama kids used to go out and do wonderful things in the world. Mm. But for me, that is a an amazing um, outcome of the work that yes. our young people feel able to actually work in the world in these ways with with these skills and ready to take on whatever comes at them. And ever since I've been working with young people in schools, I, I've kind of resisted this terrible kind of thing that our young people are hopeless and, you know, they don't know anything and they're lazy and they're snowflakes and da-da-da. Anybody who's taught kids through a GP knows actually that that's not the case, that they're pretty strong. And yeah. to, to live through that, you know, especially this year, um, oh, yeah. and, and to come out the other end, they, they're actually, we have a remarkable resource in our young people. It's really just up to our schools to do better by them, I think. 
to prepare them for what the world is going to throw at them in terms of the world of work, in terms of these big problems that we see with COVID, poverty, global warming, you name it. So, and it's only going to be through us understanding these core ca enabling capabilities that that's going to be possible in my view. Mm. It's it's about that empowerment of students to not only have knowledge but know how to kind of navigate their way through the um, the different things that they come up against in the world. And all you've got to do is look at a political issue in this world and see the youth of the world rising up and and having those opinions. And I think to have those kind of foresee structure, as you said about this young girl gives them that ability to just kind of really get stuck into what the big problems are and how to approach them in a way that's not just um, a, a strong, passionate opinion with no direction of how to, you know, tease that out or kind of ask the big questions, but it's a strong, passionate opinion with the skills to then follow that through and see where that ends up going. And yeah, I, I could amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that I think the, the the word that I think is critical there is navigation. And actually what critical reflection does, and I this is the the we say this is the sleeper hit in, in the four C's because everyone goes, Oh, we know what critical reflection is, but actually we don't. Critical reflection is the way that you analyze power and navigate yeah. your way through that power, those power structures. But no one thinks about that. They think, oh, it's like critical thinking, but a little bit different, but a little bit more mirror work or something. I don't know. But no, it's actually, it's, it's the, it's the kind of what Greta Thunberg used to navigate her, her herself through the world that she, she navigated herself through. In transforming education, which is, as you said, is coming out next year, we talk about Greta Thunberg uh, as being this agentic, this agentic being. Like she has agency, which allows her to do the things that she needs to do. Hmm. But actually, what if we could give the give the knowledge of the power that young people have within them, and explicitly teach that to all of them? Like, and not just make it an accident that they happen to be in our drama class or they happen to have a great teacher who knows about that. What about if this was actually standard, a standard expectation for every student? That yeah. would be radical. Oh, imagine. It would be amazing. But actually, it, it's not a would be, it's an is. It's an is in 50 schools. It's happening. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's, for us, we wake up every morning in this work and we know people are doing it. And so in in the early days, and you're far too young to remember this, a, a HSC drama examination was just a, just a kind of a fantasy. You know, how could that even be in the HSC? Yeah. But actually, that it was because we had great people who came together, and I wasn't one of them, by the way, who came together and made it happen. And um, you know we've got a lot we've got a lot to thank our forebears for for that. But we've got a we've got a lot of work to do to make sure that our kids in our classroom get the same opportunities that were afforded to us that made the HSC possible, HSC drama possible. But it's even more. I think for me, it's even more weighty when we think about what what we need to provide our young people with to be able to navigate the world. And I think that that term navigation is absolutely right. Mm, definitely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, the four C's, I mean, I, you, 
Miranda, I think Miranda and maybe you came to a Drama New South Wales conference a couple of years ago and presented on the four C's. And I remember sitting there in the audience and just filling up a notebook full of notes. Uh, I bought the book straight away. I read the whole thing and it has always stuck with me because I think it was the first time for me in my career where I felt as though what I intuitively knew to be true about the moments in my classroom that I saw happen and, and the way in which over the years I saw students develop and grow because of what I could do in my drama classroom. It was the first time I saw it kind of completely brought together and shown as a model for a whole school. And um, I, I do think that's why this has so much merit behind it because we all know, every drama teacher knows those moments that happen in the classroom and how explosive and amazing they are. And uh, yeah, as you say, giving giving it some studies and some backing and some um, frameworks to kind of then go out to the rest of education. It's just so exciting. I think you're right. And I think the point that you've made there, I mean, I would say I think you're right because we said it. But <laughs> but, the, but, but the, the, the thing to note is that those aha moments that drama teachers get um, from their students all of that stuff has has research behind it. There's a there's a bunch of research sitting, but so embodied learning, for instance. I mean, every drama teacher knows that it's powerful, but yeah. we've now got the research to unequivocally argue why it's powerful. The learning disposition wheel that we put together comes from research in 2013 on um, on a, a, some American research about what are going to be the key skills for young people in the 21st century. Mind you, they're the key skills for the 20th century and the 22nd and the 19th as well. But all of this is based on research. It, it hasn't come out of nowhere. And but But the problem is research rarely gets into practice. And I think that's, we, we call ourselves the how people, as you suggested, because this is how schools can change. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a matter of kind of uh, sitting down and working it out. But there's, uh, there's no obstacle that we can't get over if we have, have the kind of intent, because the, the research is showing us that this is what needs to happen. We're just yeah. out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. Well, that's a good note for the final question. If people want to find out more about the four C's and how they can implement them in their school and maybe introduce their executive to it, where do they look? What should they be uh, accessing? So I'm sure they've heard more than enough from me, uh, but they can go onto the website, which is www.4ctransformativelearning.org. Uh, where there's a bunch of videos and stuff that talks about the work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's, you know, they can fill in an email or they can send me an email. My, my email is reasonably easy to find by Googling University of Sydney or wherever. Um, and and we'll come in and have a chat to the school uh, or, you know, a professional association or if you're involved in some network of teachers or whatever, we're really happy to kind of come and have a chat about this work. Keep an eye out for Transforming Education next year. Come to the book launch, which we'll let Drama New South Wales know about. Um, and uh, certainly uh, pick up Transforming Schools from somewhere and have a read through and test it yourself. Like if you think, oh, there's something interesting here, um, 
you know, don't take it from us. We'll give you schools to ring and talk to them about it. You know, yeah, the, yeah. There's, you don't have to. You don't have to go. Oh well, Michael's saying it, so it must be right. You know, actually talk to the schools and the teachers who are actually doing it. So, um, and we there's a bunch of bunch of experience now over many years in many sorts of schools: private, public, Catholic, gov, non-gov, uh, hospital schools, country schools, city schools. Doesn't matter where you are. Uh, we're kind of open to the discussion. Um, so yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about the four C's. I am very sure that there are going to be drama teachers who hear about this and have the same response I did when you spoke at conference a few years ago. Um, so you might be getting some emails and some better sales of your book after this. Um, uh, it'll make me rich. I can't wait. I can't wait to get. <laughs> can't wait to get that one percent of book sales. <laughs> But thank you so much for not only um, speaking to us today, but also for the work that you and Miranda have done with this and the way that you have brought the drama pedagogy alive in so many more areas and, uh, yeah, have been passionately working to change education. My pleasure. Thanks Thanks for the opportunity, Sonia, and hello to all my friends in drama education land. I hope you survive this weird year. A weird year indeed. Well, there you have it, another episode from the Drama New South Wales podcast. Thank you to Michael Anderson for giving us his time. I hope that it has been informative or inspiring or just given you something new to think about in your own professional capabilities as a drama teacher. As always, Drama New South Wales loves hearing from you, so feel free to get onto our Instagram or onto our Facebook page and let us know what you're up to, how you're going, and what it is that you'd love for Drama New South Wales to do in the future. We are currently at the time of year where we are planning for 2021, so the more feedback we get, the better. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you or be listening along with you next time.